0: Hi, I'm dropping in front of the episode with an important message. With the nature of the films we talk about on the show, some of the content can be intense. Sometimes we do touch on some movies with graphic content. This week's movie we went into blind and honestly we were kind of surprised by it. So I want to drop a content warning for discussions of sexual assault. If you're sensitive to this topic, I'd like to ask that you please skip this episode and hopefully you'll join us again in two weeks where we'll be talking about a fun movie where giant robots punch each other.
1: Welcome to
0: Gimcrack Videos. How can
1: I help you? Hi. Hello. Yeah, we're just uh, browsing for something a little different.
0: Well, have you tried our forgotten
1: classics section? Is that the one that's over there under the sign that says Blighted by God?
0: Oh, found something. Have you seen this before?
1: No, I've never even heard of it. Perfect. Wonderful. Enjoy your selection. (laughs) You know we're still here, right? Everyone and thanks for joining us on another episode of Found on Shelf, the podcast where we tell you everything you never wanted to know about movies that you wish you had never seen. And joining me today on the show is, as always, is my friend and co-host Patrick. How are you, Patrick? I'm hanging in there, Dustin. How are you? I am doing uh, doing wonderful, actually. So that's good. <laughs> you would be.
0: I, I do feel <laughs> a little bit like maybe this is this is a little bit of revenge for pieces. Maybe maybe slightly.
1: Well, I the the funny thing is that I actually hadn't seen it before I uh, made you watch it, so it was a it was a new one for both of us to experience. You just got lucky, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so today we're going to be uh, we're talking about the 1985 post apocalyptic film Land of Doom, which is currently sitting at a nine percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and uh, you could find this fine film on uh it's streaming right now on Paramount Plus, Epics, and Amazon. So. You can check it out wherever you uh, wherever you like. A lot of options there. So, and Patrick, I take it you had not actually heard about this movie uh, before watching it.
0: Um, I had not. Although um, when the opening credits came on, they were so similar to another different post-apocalyptic war movie, I said out loud, "Oh no, I think I've seen this one." Um, <laughs> I was proven I wrong fairly quickly. But it, it the aesthetics are so similar to everything else. Uh, it's a good preview for what was
1: to come. Yeah, it's definitely a ripoff of a ripoff of a ripoff. In a lot of ways. <laughs> so b- before we get to, uh, before we start up with that trailer for this here, uh, if you were going to do your little elevator pitch on this movie to get somebody brand new to watch it, uh, what, would you, what would you say to get someone invested in this? Um... It's exactly what you think it is.
0: <laughs> no, no. Um, I, I thought about this one for a minute and um, I think I would say, hey, do you like barbarian movies, but you ran out of them? Well, oh boy, have I got another one for
1: you. <laughs> I've always thought like, you know, if you don't want to bother yourself with something silly, like, you know, a plot or anything like that, just like watching stuff blow up. It's,
0: it's it's like a futuristic Deathstalker movie with 10% less Deathstalking.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I saw a couple of little uh, summary reviews and one said, um, uh, one was just, the review was two words. It just said Bad Max because you know, it was bad a Mad Max. Max <laughs> and uh, another one I saw that I thought was pretty great was uh, The Road Warrior meets Star Wars plus Crap plus crap <laughs> I think that's, and a little bit weird. of
0: romancing the stone that we'll get into oh, it's so yeah. it was it was real <laughs> obvious i'm like holy shit
1: all right so before we get too far let's go ahead and uh and play this trailer so you can be reminded of the awesomeness and uh here we go beyond apocalypse The twisted fate of man creates a last great challenge
0: and puts it in the hands of a woman. All right. If you can keep up, you can come along. But you have to take care of yourself. Deborah Reynolds, star
1: of Dallas, leads a band of outlaw survivors against the road pirates.
0: (laughs) Cannibals. wasted. Raiders of the future on the road to destruction across
1: the face of a scorched earth in a land of doom. Land of doom. (laughs) And more explosions. Um, you know, it, it's worth
0: noting that there's more plot in that trailer than there is in the entire 90 minute film.
1: Yes. And, and they let you know right off the bat that it is not the most <laughs> female loving movie. <laughs> it was like, can you believe a woman?
0: It was, it, it's, 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 it's like a, that genre of trailer where like, what about this t- t- typically male job? What if a woman, right? In this <laughs> yes. case, it's the apocalypse. Right. My favorite version of that, though, there's a film called My Chauffeur, and it's, um, uh, how about a limo driver? But what if a woman limo driver? Oh, isn't this wacky, guys? And it's set up, It's it, that's the whole movie, that's the whole gimmick, is that, oh, a, a limo driver, but it's a woman. And it's the mid-80s, and the trailer just goes for it. I really need to, to watch the rest of the movie, because <laughs> it's ridiculous. You're like, okay, guys...
1: Yeah, uh, not the most original of ideas, and uh, I guess this. Well, I mean, it wasn't the most original of the movies either that we were watching. Dark here. <laughs> Raiders.
0: Like the movie would have been like ten times cooler if at some point somebody had called them Dark Raiders. <laughs> That's it's they 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 don't I don't actually know if this particular band of Raiders has a name because they were like, well, I'm trying to unite the Raiders, quote unquote. But like, are they like feudal? raider societies like there's a hint of maybe world building in a movie that is not putting off any effort into world building at fucking all (laughs) um and it's frustrating
1: oh and and it's and it's hilarious in the very very beginning of this movie i guess we might as well just kind of get into it how you get the voiceover from the lady whose thing nobody knows how it started or whatever
0: yeah you're you're like you're like somehow palpatine has returned yes it's just lazy writing
1: but if you look at the box that the movie came in, it actually like tells you what happens about a nuclear holocaust or, or nuclear uh, fallout or something like that that happened. It actually tells you what happens. And then the, her in the movie is like, oh, we don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. It, it opens up with freeze frame storyboards. And that's what made me think I'd seen it before. Because there's another movie that does that. And I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. But then it, it does, we should note before we actually get into the plot, in the middle of all that, it then cuts to the opening title. The opening title appears to be three D blocking, like 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 they actually made a sculpture of the words "Land of Doom" and then slowly backed away from it.
1: Yeah, it was kind of cool. It it wa- promise. It was
0: one hundred percent the coolest part of the whole movie. I loved <laughs> that sequence. That was like some some Will Ferrell Land of the Lost shit. Just like really leaning into like this aesthetic.
1: But, but I, did, I I did find it weird that after this really cool like three D ish looking title, it goes right back to the credits. <laughs> Like, let's not get into the movie yet. Let's, we got more credits for you to deal with. Yeah, almost as if it was um, bad. Well, let's talk about how the, how the movie, uh, how it started here. It started off with a bang. Uh,
0: uh, I, I have a note here. Uh, the note says a lot of sexual assault to open a film with. Like, yeah. multiple assaults, multiple angles, different um, degrees of graphic nature. Just a lot going on. the the, the actual opening of the well. Uh, two things about the opening of this film. The first one is actually before this sequence. There is a sunrise, and the first sound you hear coming off the trailers is this prolonged, high pitched shrieking squeal <laughs> thing. Um, it's 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 it sounds like the brakes are going out on a cicada.
1: And it goes uh, on for far too long.
0: Yeah, like like 20 seconds. It's ridiculous. And then it goes <laughs> into what this film is, because it's a post-apocalyptic film, but right. it is structured ostensibly like a barbarian film. Like the, the barbarian films of the late 70s, early 80s. Films like um, Queen of the Barbarians, Barbarian Empress, uh, Imp- Imp- it's Queen of the Barbarians, Barbarian Empress, then um, there's um, the A-Tour films, um, even Beastmaster to an extent, they, and, and I I guess Red Sonja counts too in this, this scenario, and Conan. They all start with a village being decimated by um, brigands. <laughs> it's like they're just these these barbarians just destroying a, a a city that was not prepared for it. Lots of burning, lots of pillaging, and depending on the film, usually some degree of sexual assault, though not as much or as graphic as this one film, and that includes barbarian queen. Uh, which does have more than you should be watching in a film, and then uh, also the Deathstalker films kind of dip into this a little bit, it's just like it's, it's a common theme to do this. So, this film, which ships itself to be a post apocalyptic wasteland movie and borrows a lot of that imagery and those aesthetics structurally. Is functioning as a barbarian B movie film.
1: Yeah, it never quite found its own identity. <laughs> I think that was a big problem with it. Yeah, uh, yeah, and like you said, there was that there was that opening scene. Where, I mean, and and I guess like you said, typically there's a little bit of of pillaging going on. They weren't really pillaging anything. They were just blowing everything up and raping every woman they found and killing everyone else. Yeah,
0: it was a lot. <laughs> it was a bold statement. Um, the bold statement was we really didn't think about selling tickets to women at all.
1: <laughs> yeah, they don't they don't they don't buy movies anyway. That's just let just take care of them right now. That was exactly
0: the the thought on set, I can say. Um and then you're met with um our our you know, it's 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 bad here. I just watched this movie. I watched this movie I finished watching it about an hour ago. Um, I had to watch it twice because I fell asleep the first time. And then to wake up and then and then watch it like half of it again. Um, <laughs> it because it's it's so riveting. Um I, but watching more or less, almost three hours of a 90-minute film. I don't remember anyone's name. <laughs> do you?
1: Well, yes, she was Harmony. Harmony, that's right. Because yep, remember, he goes, right. that's such a pretty name, and what do you mean by that? So that was, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, again, with the whole sexual assault thing that they keep going back to as a motif, they've clearly painted her as a person who has had to deal with this throughout the entire the entirety of her life, and then the script doesn't really have the intelligence or depth to handle the gambit it's making there. So she's always like, don't touch me. And you're like, okay. It's kind of like, it's, it's kind of a thing with like in like the berserk manga. And you're like, I I see where they're going with this. We've got 90 minutes and these, there are motorcycle barbarians. I don't think, (laughs) I don't think this was the forum to do the type of character development that you're banking on here.
1: Yeah. Your, your message will be entirely lost. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, speaking of the the motorcycle bandits and such that are there, that are riding all around this town, yeah. <laughs> why don't you why don't you describe how their motorcycles looked?
0: Have you seen? Is it called Night Riders? Like, is it that derivative? Okay, there's there's a George Romero movie. Uh, yeah, it's 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 just called Night Riders. I'm right, nineteen eighty one. All right. Um, you know what? Let me me drop this picture in chat. The idea of this movie is uh, a roving game of Renaissance reenactors on motorbikes. Directed by George Romero of Night of the Living Dead. It reminded me a little of that the whole film. It doesn't really hit that aesthetic, but it reminds me a little bit of it, and it's weird. Uh, The bikes themselves have a LARP feel to it, though, is where I'm going with that. (laughs) Um, They are regular motorbikes that they have glued cardboard shit onto. And not, like, cool shit. Not, like, skulls or anything. It's, like, abstract, like, spiky silhouette designs, like, in flat 2D sculpture, up and around, like over everyone's head. So it's like this huge cardboard cutouts of spikes coming up from the handlebars and going out in a frame style. I I can't really project the degree to which it looks stupid, but, but definitely a LARP feel.
1: It looks like somebody had like a hundred dollar gift certificate for Michael's and said, I'm going to make a movie.
0: (laughs) You know, Although a They'd, lot of that was... They've got bad. resin casting at
1: Michael's. Oh, so maybe it could have been better. <laughs> it could have been better. There is actually a lot of metal involved in that too. There's a lot of cardboard, but there is a lot of extra metal crap that they put on there. I don't know if they decided that was a bad idea to put such heavy things on a motorcycle and switch to cardboard, which just flop around every time it goes. But either way, those motorcycles were terrible.
0: Yeah, they were bad in lots of different ways. And... Um, considering the film needed to be sold on how cool the motorbikes were. Not promising.
1: No, not, not one bit. And, and it, it always amazes me with these post-apocalyptic movies that are all, uh, you know, it's usually that all the resources are really scarce, and they're just rolling around motorcycles nonstop with flamethrowers shooting out of their cars. <laughs> and they're not taking anything. Again, there's no pillaging going on. There's just burning and raping. And it kind of made no sense at all.
0: No, it, it was it was there just to be a visual thing. It's just like, oh, look at the destination, look how bad and evil these people are. And then we meet Harmony, mm-hmm. and she just kind of stands to the outside trying to survive it, right? She kind of walks through the aftermath to a cave.
1: To yeah. A town,
0: to a cave.
1: And her pants it look like her underwear's on the outside for yeah, whatever reason.
0: Very strange, like, thong <laughs> illusion going on for these pants. I don't, I don't get the design. They thought it was cool, and I don't... And I, 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 it, it does not look cool. No. But um, she goes to a cave and she finds our Bruce Campbell wannabe.
1: Yes, Anderson.
0: And Mr. Anderson. Um, bleeding on the cave floor. And because this is a world in which you, everyone is out to get you, Harmony is not vibing with sharing cave space with Mr. Anderson. So she's sitting standoffish of him kind of a little few days away he's almost bleeding to death so it's not really that big of a threat but also there's all the motorbikes outside so she doesn't want to leave the cave she just kind of wants to hunker down here for the evening and he takes his gun out and points at her (laughs) and she's set on Eds. and he fires and oh surprise he was shooting a snake to save her life and then she's a little more receptive of him and this came out you said the year before romancing Stone, a year after, yeah, uh, you're after romancing the stone. I bring up romancing the stone because they have ripped off the scene from romancing the stone, not beat for beat, close enough. It, there's a sequence where they are, they're in an, seeking shelter in an airplane. They have built a fire out of um, a cargo of weed that was just sitting there from some pot runners, and they are, they've been burning <laughs> just giant logs of uh, just, just like huge saran wrap blocks of just weed, just throwing it in on the fire and burning it. They're high.
1: It's been far too long since I've seen that movie.
0: Anyway, Michael Douglas is, is 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 the kind of scummy guy. She's on edge. And then he takes out his machete and he kills a Bushmaster snake right behind her head. And then you know, by saving her life by killing a snake when she thought he was threatening her life, then after that, they kind of have like a shock value. And she's like, okay, um, I'm more receptive to what you were putting down here it's the same narrative function
1: yeah this you stuff. scared we, me but you really saved me
0: specifically by killing a snake and it's weird to go for it less than five seconds into the film you're like oh wow you're just really really laying it on there oh yeah we uh we've talked for about 20 minutes and we are about five minutes into this
1: film yeah so, don't don't bother trying to follow the plot just yeah. stick with <laughs> it just,
0: just just free associate <laughs> the film does yeah. um I do have some questions about the making of um, that we'll get to in a minute, but I definitely feel like it was made not in America. Like it was an American production clearly, but I think they needed extras from wherever they filmed it.
1: Yep, you were right. Uh,
0: well, you can tell this by the way they, they speak.
1: Well, we can, we can also, so after she's in the cave and they go to sleep, they mm-hmm. wake up in a completely different cave.
0: <laughs> I did notice that and I was wondering if they would address it in the film and they didn't.
1: Um, she's resting up against the wall and then when she wakes up, she's laying down and there's no wall there and it's just wide open, completely different gate. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: it's, it's a fake house somewhere. It's mm-hmm. like a bedrock Flintstones house and I'm like, okay. Uh, we did, we do get a chance to meet the bad guys and their lair at this point. Um, my note here just says GIMP luchador. <laughs> um, because that's the kind of vibe they all were giving off. It was like the Mad Max S&M vibe, but also crossed with pro wrestling. Um, yes. and- he a strong
1: Ric Flair vibe. Yeah.
0: Uh, the, and the main guy is Slater, right?
1: Yes. That's his it, name.
0: AC Slater here. Uh, he's got like a Phantom of the Opera like thing going on with his mask.
1: Yeah. And I think they, in the scene after this, they kind of mentioned that Anderson shouldn't have burned him. And I don't know if they meant that in a literal sense, like he actually burnt his face and that's why he wears it. Or if that's just his kind of
0: get up uh to quote a very wise owl uh the world may never know
1: or could it have been because they want to hide the face so they can use the actor in another role dun 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 that seems more likely (laughs) oh good and it's also worth noting that the entire gang of these raiders is the most out of shape looking gang i've ever seen there is not an ounce of muscle on any of them. They're either way too skinny or way too fat. I don't know how they can intimidate anybody except for the I, leather. Again,
0: that's why I'm saying strong LARP energy. <laughs> yes. The next morning, they just... The, our two heroes, Anderson and Harmony, which okay, they they leave the cave and they're traipsing through the wasteland, quote-unquote, which is really just a mountain somewhere. It's not, it doesn't even look that blighted or blasted. It's just rocky part of green landscape. So, don't see... How this is a land of doom too much and then one of the other then they're confronted by one of the motorcycle rapists um and i have another note here um it, oh it also just says a lot of sexual assault in this movie <laughs> yes and so there's a sequence there where there is almost another uh, I get. well i'm gonna say the word assault because it, it, it is graphic but not too but it doesn't doesn't go. F- yeah, there's no for nudity everything. in the movie at yeah. all, but but it it's is definitely un- it is, implied, and it's, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> yes. And um, and you know, it's a harrowing escape. They 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 um they kill. Did they kill this guy?
1: But yeah, yeah but that's
0: right. She kills him with a rock.
1: Can we talk about how he couldn't stop like this weird giggle and this weird shuffle?
0: I'd rather not. But anyway, <laughs> now,
1: wait, hold on one second. Hold it right there. <laughs> Turn around real slow-like. <laughs> you like it. <might catch> <laughs> and it's that little annoying giggle laugh. Yeah, he goes, I don't he, know why.
0: Yeah, yeah. He, he, it was a character decision that was, in the context of his role, poorly, in, poorly informed. And they they, they, they they, seem to have underscored that whole sequence with Grindhouse movie music, uh, now that you play it back, which, I mean, it, this is removed from the Grindhouse era because it's like like just a few years after the fact so the sleaze does have to be toned down but it does kind of hit a lot of the same notes
1: but you can also say that it's probably the most fitting music of the entire movie because none of the other songs fit the movie at all Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yeah they do kill the guy um she hits him the softest i've ever seen somebody hit somebody in the head with a rock that's already covered in blood.
0: <laughs> and then Anderson is like, "Calm down, he's dead." And I, I would argue in this, in this, and uh, one, it's it was a pretty soft hit, and two. In the context of what just transpired, she could have hit him a couple more times. It would, it would have been fine. Um, yeah. Yeah, so the movie is basically an odyssey of sorts through different, you know, they, they travel, they meet an obstacle, they travel, they meet an obstacle, they travel, they meet an obstacle. Nothing's really resolved at the end of it, but that's that's the the structure of it is the odyssey, right? And so they go from this scene where they fought the motorcycle rapist to a scene in which they fight French cannibal rapists. And again, <laughs> there's a theme in this movie that is wildly um it's like like a uh, uh, aberrant is the word maybe it's mm. like it's, it's a lot um the the french cannibal sequence is interesting in that it comes out of nowhere and I, i'm assuming french <laughs> could maybe it's a different maybe it's a different it was, accent
1: i think it was somebody trying to do a french accent yeah. which just it's, didn't quite work it's clearly someone with another
0: accent trying to do this accent
1: oh well you we we did miss the one part where they they walk by and there's that whole group of people with the plague that seems like it's going to be a whole like story and they just never talk about it really again. I think it comes up one more time about the plague at the very end of the movie, but... Well, no, they circle back to it. Oh, that's right. They do get attacked by them after that, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they get attacked
0: by... After they get through with the French cannibals, they get attacked by the, the plague people. So what I'm saying is this is, a, this is a very sensitive film in its depiction of basically everything and you should totally <laughs> watch it, but um so yeah so they're in this i don't, I don't know how much how, how much detail we want to go play by play but i i th- i think i want to i want to focus on the cannibals a little I, bit i before did it. i
1: did like the cannibals i hated yeah. them and i liked them for further the just what the hell were they trying to do
0: yeah because actually my notes kind of stop after this there's a couple more notes but mostly mostly it the film peters out after this like it loses all sense of focus <laughs> um so it doesn't have a lot right now but at least at least you're following them um you know they're looking for food they go they they, they they think maybe they can find food here well she doesn't want to he does he's like well you never know they might have food they might share it with us um the the the, the people who are not presenting themselves at cannibals right now uh just you know
1: yeah. Hick French. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No,
0: it's it's very hills of eyes still. Mm-hmm. They, they abduct them at gunpoint. They 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 bring them into the thing, and then she's like, Well, she asked she asked to um to use the outhouse, quote unquote. And she's like, just go outside, but come back in like three minutes or I'll fucking three shoot this guy. <laughs> and he he really he, he reiterates that too. It's like three minutes, which gives her plenty of time to to snoop around, which is the reason she left anyway. She finds a meat shed full of people hanging around, like, oh, the, the meat they're eating is actually human meat um another cannibal is there she has to fight him and he is subsequently murdered and then she goes back to try and save mr anderson and, you know it's, it's this long drawn out sequence of him trying to alert him without alerting him and eventually she just makes a play to kill the that one cannibal that's there and then then and so this she's able to overpower overpower him and like subdue him they don't murder him and um
1: Oh, and then this happens. You creeps! You creeps! I got you! It is awesome. <laughs> yeah.
0: Does that actually go anywhere? I didn't think it did.
1: <laughs> it doesn't go anywhere. He just calls them creeps. Like, he's a cannibal, and his buddy just got killed, and he just got the crap kicked out of him, and he's tied up in his own thing. And <laughs> the best he can do is call someone a creep. Yeah,
0: he does manage to take... He does, he does take... Um, Anderson does prioritize taking the wine. Uh, he leaves the meat, take the wine. Harmony wanted to kill that dude. And Anderson's like, no, we should have mercy on him. What he actually says is uh, you can't change the world by killing everybody. Or in, in, in his, in his full quote, you can't change the world by killing everybody. Harmony. But in the context of this film, I would argue you should probably prioritize killing the cannibals.
1: Over wine. Yes. I yeah. think that is a more important choice to make. The cannibals, they could probably you could stand to lose a few of them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, and then the plague fight happens. So the, right. the plague people come back and just fight, just attack them out of nowhere. They jump off the rocks to attack them. And so there's this fight sequence, and it's interesting. Um, I don't know if you noticed this uh, in terms of the foley work and sound design for this movie. Everyone's punches and everyone's kicks are the same sound effect. Yep. <laughs> just repeat it. Add, um, I guess add infinitum was what I was going to say, but really add nauseum because if you just hear the same sound effect over and over again, you do zone out notice it yeah <laughs> You're
1: just like this is what am i mm-hmm. watching here
0: um i don't know if you want to add anything before we jump to the next scene
1: no no go for it
0: they find another town that is being burned and pillaged by the raiders um and then during this sequence they steal a motorbike and drive off
1: in, the, a, slowest in the slowest motorcycle chase ever
0: the slowest motorcycle chase ever
1: well, this is this is the part where they, they had some of the motorcycles that had uh, like roll cages kind of put on them, but they just, <laughs> they were really slow and they even left it in the film where a couple of them just kind of fell over as people were riding on them.
0: Stunt work, you know. From there, we are treated to more motorcycle scenes and then including one point where they save a guy with his dog from being eaten by bigger dogs. Oh, wait, and then-
1: when, one scene before that when the guy... Uh, the second in command bad guy Purvis catches him and he catches him and he's like, I'm going to turn you in and I'm going to turn you in. And then like there's a tiniest little garden snake on his foot and he just freezes and he can't move because again, snakes are the most terrifying thing ever.
0: I I have an almost paralyzing phobia of them. I would have had the same exact effect. I'd be like, nope, that's it for me. (laughs) Cardiac arrest. You guys go.
1: (laughs) He just sat there. He had a bunch of weapons on him. He just sat there. And no, I would
0: have reacted pretty strongly with the weapons if I had the weapons on me. Right? Might have shot my foot off, but <laughs> the snake would not have been an issue. snake would be
1: gone. <laughs> and then yes, now we come across the uh, the dog guy. I forget his name, but I call him dog guy. Dog yeah.
0: Guy. Yeah, the 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 pug minstrel. He had like a lute and a pug. <laughs> and um which would be fun in any other movie that knew how to use them. Um yeah no they just they just chase the other wild dogs off with the sound of their motorbike then escort this guy on his bicycle over the top of the hills and then immediately they get captured.
1: Yeah no on his bicycle not his motorcycle on his bicycle. That's <laughs> yes, right. Yeah, his
0: <laughs> bicicleta, Yes. Yeah.
1: Oh god. Yes and then uh oh, wait, and then, oh yeah then wasn't that when they uh they captured they captured mm-hmm. him or something?
0: Yeah. This is an hour to the movie. We are the, the, they get captured at the hour minute mark the film is an hour and 27 minutes left the rest of this film is all the capture and escape sequence everything that we've talked to up to now and i know we took 30 minutes to get here has been an hour of film it doesn't sound like it though if does it folks like it is just just one scene after another scene after another scene after another scene less plot more these are things so it goes right (laughs) this sequence
1: we 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 did miss one part now that i'm thinking about it cuz this is a part that like i thought was going to be the plot of the movie but then they just never really went with it and that was the blue lake place or whatever yeah um, so here's it, here's yeah
0: go ahead there's an interesting thing about this film when i say it doesn't have a plot because it's ripping off a lot of things uh, one of those things being an apocalypse film in which we save the world or at least find a greener place right they don't do anything with any of that
1: no, uh, but so, they like, mention it.
0: They mention it, like because like Anderson's like, well, I'm trying to rejoin the raiders, who may or may not be lots of them, so that we can rebuild society. But they never do that. They don't get to it. That's a plot point that is lost to time, like tears in the rain. So we go from that. That's on there. The blue lake is maybe the the savior place, right? It might be the like the 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 the, the map on the little girl's back and water world to dry land. No, no, no.
1: Basically, yeah, it's like the the that's their promise, and I think that's what that's when the giggle guy gets killed way back in the beginning of the, almost the beginning of the movie, and then it's really never mentioned until the very end of the movie.
0: So the so that's it's two separate things that are happening that could be plots to this film, and they don't do anything with either of them because there is no plot in this film. It is strictly Anderson and Harbiny have an adventure, which would be cool if you liked either of them. Or if they did anything with them, <laughs> or maybe if they eased up just a little bit on the repeated sexual assault, because you're like, well, good God, this is just a stupid little B movie. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe stay in your lane narratively,
1: right? Because you know, some of the some of the special effects and explosions and stuff were actually pretty cool. They were actually,
0: um, there were some pretty big explosions too.
1: And I found that the you know. The, the main characters didn't do a terrible job acting. So no, no, like, it was the star of Dallas. There's some there's some parts in there, and they just completely were were, were wasted. And just like you said, when they when they when Harmon and Anderson were running off on their motorcycles, and this guy was chasing after them with his bicycle. Another thing, you see these guys setting up this big elaborate trap, and they're like pulling these ropes across the thing that like they're gonna knock out mm-hmm. the guys on that- the bike. And they don't do that. (laughs) Well, then you hear an explosion, and the next thing you know, like they're walking them into the cave. I had to rewind that scene. I was like, did I miss that fall asleep for a minute? What are your concerns? I'm like, oh no, they just didn't show it at all. It would never have been a good movie. It could have been a
0: (laughs) serviceable movie, right? With a few alterations to both script and just everything else they did in general. But you (laughs) you
1: know, you get what you get. I've
0: been disappointed before.
1: And so yeah, after they get they get taken, uh our our heroes get taken away. Uh Dog Dude is now looking for his dog, um <laughs> and then just falls into a hole. And what does he find in that hole? Jawas.
0: Right. Right. I forgot about the Jawas. What How, how could I forget about the Jawas now that you said it?
1: because you felt like they shouldn't belong in this movie and you'd be right it's not the only
0: film to have jawas after the jawas come out because like the because and i i hesitate to bring this up because i think these films were in production at the same time but it is released later i mean phantasms dwarf people are suspiciously like evil jawas this is true um and it comes out the year after or it comes out i i think it comes out in 78 and star wars hits festivals in 77 i don't think I don't think it overlaps enough to where uh, Cas- Cascarelli had actually seen it. Cascarelli? Cascarelli? I don't... I, I might be messing with him's name. I can't remember where if it's an O or an A at, at this juncture, but, like, I, I don't know if he actually had seen it, but if he had, he definitely went with it because they... <laughs> I mean, they rip off Dune in that movie anyway, and there's something wicked this way comes, so... Uh, or something wicked this way comes. Um, they, they rip off both of the, those uh, books <laughs> ostensibly to make the <laughs> film, so... Throwing in Jawas is not... But this is the only other movie I've seen rip off Jawas so blatantly without yeah. blatant, you know, making fun of them in Spaceballs. I was just like, what is happening?
1: Yeah, these are little tiny hooded people that just live in a cave and don't speak any language really that we understand. So, Jawas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jawas, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, uh yeah, the the... So they got our heroes all chained up in the cave, and then we've got with the evil villain finally giving his his speech. Uh, you know the evil villain speech, and I had to take a clip of that because it's so ins- it's such an, an inspirational bad guy speech. Hold on, here we go. The trouble with you, Anderson, is you live in the past. You're trying to rebuild the old world, but what you fail to realize is the same people who made the old world also destroyed it. No. The only way is to win. The strong will survive, Anderson. And I am a winner. You are a loser.
0: See, he, <laughs> he he does sound like a low rent agent, Smith. I mean, I am making the joke, but they do they do go like like the it's, the world is for the strong, <laughs> Mister Anderson.
1: And, he, and he's got an unfortunate lisp that doesn't make him seem all that intimidating.
0: And then, and then they have the bad guy's speech. They, they like walk across the bridge of fire. But then, then, then the dog guy and the Jawa show up With and a
1: flamethrower out of nowhere. With a flamethrower
0: out of nowhere. Like it's the end of grunts. They just have <laughs> weapons and they, in a the big fight, they, 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 they don't really kill the bad guy. They escape out the caves and like chop his fingers off. They do chop his fingers off, and then like his weird hand shows up at the end. Yeah, and they take off running. Am I remembering that? It seems like a fever dream in my head.
1: It. I had. I. I had to watch that like three times because I was like, wait, what? Like yeah. I. <laughs> it just kept getting lost on it, but yeah, he he beats up uh, Slater, chops his fingers off, and then he like runs in with the dog dude who suddenly knows where all the secret cave entrances are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he goes in there. Um and there's a big old gunfight everybody's shooting it. and there's so many times where like he goes and he's he's recoiling like he's shooting the gun but there's nothing happening like the whoever was doing the editing forgot to throw in the little flares here and there which is pretty awesome um and then yeah the dog dude says he can talk to the Jawas uh, and I really I, I wish this movie was successful so we could get a, a dog dude and Jawa like series <laughs> I think that would have been great but yeah yeah uh,
0: that's uh that's it that's the film it rolls credits to, to play plays a song because um, all of these movies have their own theme song uh, this is I think you said is Harmony's Doom it has nothing on yours world yours world is the best yours world rules above all barbarian theme songs especially post-apocalyptic ones
1: I don't know that one myself, but, um, uh, we're
0: going to get around to your Hunter from the future. Believe okay. you me.
1: Well, we're going to get around to it closer than you think, actually, which is interesting. Um, oh, is your, is your in the story? It is interesting. Yes. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, what we, oh, there was a little bit more that happened at the end there. Um, they blew up the bad guy's hideout, their little yeah. lair, which apparently the Jawas were living under, I guess, because they, I don't really understand that. But And they really must have liked the explosion sequence because they showed it like three or four times pretending like it was a different like scene. And it's not the first time they did this in the movie because there was a couple of scenes where he's riding the motorcycles around through the mountains and they reuse that same clip over and over again. I think it's the same little curve three different times, which is mm-hmm. baffling to me. Um yeah, and then they start running away from the guys. They blow up the bridge, and then they're like, ha-ha, you'll never catch us. And that's when you see the, the Slater's hand pop up. Mm-hmm. And as soon as Slater's hand pop up, their dog dude comes and runs off. And then they even mention like uh, the Blue Lake place again. The very end of the movie, they're finally like, oh, maybe we'll go off and find that, that Blue Lake place. And then the bad guy's hand pops up. Right,
0: like, oh. because they've been walking around in a desert wasteland this whole time. It's like brushland. It's like there's clearly rain. What doom. Is this a land of this is land of less people land where I can run a motorbike without really too much of an issue land where I can find food at some point land where crossbows are readily available and Jawas have flamethrowers. Yes. There's, yep. there, there's there's not a real, a lot there's not, the movie is, is broadcasting triumph over desolation. There is no desolation with which to triumph <laughs> over. Yeah, And the desolation is the, just like the lack of any kind of significant plot in which they're <laughs> it, it, that, that is a wasteland that they are traversing, the wasteland of story. I, I think that there is merit in some of this film. Like you said, the acting is good. The The set design's not terrible. The opening title, just not the sequence, but the title shot is awesome and fantastic, and I'd like to see that done in a movie that is more self-aware, maybe in some... <laughs> You know, something like in um, something like in Turbo Kid could work with that, you know,
1: right?
0: With that kind of sensibility. Uh, so I, I'll, I'll try to throw in some positive stuff there, oh, yeah. but it's just like this movie just bored me. Clearly, I felt. Uh,
1: well, I'll give you a little, a little behind the scenes uh, stuff that I found and I sure dug up yeah. some info on the movie here.
0: Yeah, let's uh, segue into that because I, I spent forty six minutes talking about the actual
1: movie this time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, fine. Um, so it it only took them about uh, three months to film the whole movie. And it was filmed uh, on location in Cappadocia, Turkey. Turkey. Oh, okay. yes. Uh, do you know what other movies were filmed in Cappadocia, Turkey? A little 1983 film by the name of You're the Hunter from the Future. You're <laughs>
0: the Hunter from the
1: Future. It was filmed at the same place.
0: And this is 1984? This is being released?
1: Yes. So it must okay. have been
0: just after that. Yeah, back to back. That you know, it has a lot <laughs> of the s- similar scenery to Yore, but Yore does does have more diversity to it because Yore they go down to the beach, they go to the water, they have rivers, but there are a lot of rocks. So
1: yeah, and the, so and there was two other well one one other notable and one other whatever movie uh, that was filmed in the same spots there. Uh, the Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance uh, from 2011 was filmed there. <laughs> Nicholas Cage's
0: performance on in uh, Ghost Rider: Spirit of Vengeance borders on performance art. I, I've never seen anything quite so f- frenetic and unhinged.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> so there was there was that one, um, and there was a movie. From 1989, uh, have you ever heard of a movie called Slipstream? I have not. Okay, It will probably make its appearance on this podcast at some point. Uh, okay. It is a movie about a powerful wind current that overtook the earth starring Mark Hamill and Bill Paxton. And I, I think that the reason that there was so much plot that went unexplored in this movie is they were they, they, were, they were trying to do it as a sequel. Uh, so they already had the plan set in motion for part two, but since it was a complete flop, uh, they never went through with part two. <laughs> and according to the uh, the lady that played Harmony, Deborah Deborah Renard, I believe her name, um, she said it was supposed to be much more of a, a love story, which is what she wanted to do. But this was nothing like a love story at all. I feel like there was a rewrite at some point. Right, yeah, she said uh, she was really uh, lured in by the thought of a strong female Mad Max-type role. I and, mean, yeah, who well, wouldn't be? And she got a, a free trip to Turkey, and that was part of the incentive for her to do it.
0: <laughs> so so she, walking the line between being a proto-Furiosa and a proto-Adam Sandler getting vacations paid for by your movies. Exactly. Okay.
1: And yeah, and like you said earlier, in the in the credits told us, uh, the trailer told us that she she was on Dallas. She was, uh, you know, I never really watched. I think I maybe saw one or two episodes of it. But
0: no, no, um, I haven't actually watched Dallas. But 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 name dropping, it was enough to make me go. Oh yeah, made me like lean forward and go. Hmm.
1: Yeah, she was J.R. Ewing's secretary, Sly Lovegreen, and she was on there for uh, she was on there for ten years. So she she had a quite a lot I guess she was quite a big role feel, and feel, instead, people in people in Turkey actually recognized her
0: fun fact the original Dallas ends with uh jr soul being dragged to hell <laughs>
1: what? People,
0: All right they had to retcon that to bring it back but that is how the the, the show ends so throwing that out there
1: <laughs> we'll see now I want to watch
0: it so. <laughs> <laughs> so nothing supernatural happens before this episode or after. <laughs> It's one of those things where they're like, well, how do we end this? Because uh, no one ever knows how to end a TV show and it's almost never successful. Dinosaurs does it well. You leave really bummed out, but like most things do this or they, they jump the gun and then they, they ruined the context forever re- revisiting the entire series. You know?
1: Yeah. Dinosaurs, man. That was a, oof, that was a rough one to watch, <laughs> you. <ya>. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> no, it
0: was, it's great because it's, it's like what happened in the past and also a preview of coming attractions.
1: <laughs> So uh so yeah Deborah here um so she was on Dallas she was on and then she went on to did a couple other uh, soap opera she did um, Days of Our Lives and then she guest starred on a couple things uh Silk Stockings and Kung Fu the Legend Continues so she was she was on some things uh she was also on the uh in the Jean-Claude Van Damme movie Lionheart she was like the main organizer of the underground fighting ring
0: I have have comments on unnecessary um, assault scenes in Jean-Claude Van Damme movies, too, if we (laughs) ever get there.
1: (laughs) Which I'm sure he'll make an appearance here as well. And then, uh, yeah, from 97 to 2006, she was married to uh, Paul Haggis, the writer, director, producer of Crash.
0: Um, The the racist Crash or the Crash where they have sex with cars? Uh, Oh, you said director, right? Yeah. Okay, okay, the racist Crash.
1: Yeah, I'm guessing Uh, that's the one I...
0: Well, David Cronenberg makes a movie in 1996 based off the J.D. Ballard book Crash. The plot is car crash fetishists cause crashes oh, to yeah, achieve. Yeah, yeah. But you do get to see James Spader um, make out with, um, shit, what's his name from, um, from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles now? Casey. Casey.
1: Um, okay. Okay. The actor
0: who plays Casey and uh, James Spader, um, in it, they, uh, they totally make out in the back of a car in, J- in Cronenberg's crash. So a little uh, bit of film history.
1: Uh, so yeah, like I said, uh, the motorcycles were uh, were a big challenge because uh, they put all this stuff over the top. Uh, I found an interview with uh, Deborah from 2018, and she was saying that every other day something was going wrong. Something was blowing up that wasn't supposed to be. Things were just falling apart. So... <laughs> So I I would love to see all the cutting room footage of this if there is any. I mean, I'm sure they left most of it in there.
0: A lot of a lot of these these movies like this, like the making of is 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 way more fascinating than the actual film that you get.
1: Yeah, and I I tried to look for some, and I couldn't really find anything on that. Unfortunately, oh, uh, well, but um, but yeah, we had our our Ric Flair main bad guy, uh, Slater, and like I mentioned and teased a little bit, he actually had double roles in this movie. Uh, he had two speaking roles in it. Did you catch his other speaking role by any chance?
0: I absolutely did not. <laughs> You're fucking kidding me. Uh,
1: <laughs> he should have. He was they the. They should have killed him harder <laughs> with the two completely different characters. And it's funny. Cause if you, if you, well, mean, I mean,
0: that's good character work because I would not have noticed they were the same person.
1: Yeah. But if you go back and listen now and you hear his little lisp, you can hear it on both of them. And it's, it, it really takes you out of the movie. <laughs> uh,
0: I was so invested in the, the, the
1: film. And, uh, Oh yeah. And, uh, our guy Anderson, he was a, mm-hmm. he was a guy named, uh, Garrick Dowin. which is interesting. He also did some soap opera work. Um, I guess that's not surprising.
0: He's got like a really square jaw.
1: Yeah. And he hasn't really done a heck of a lot uh, since then, but he did this Mm -hmm. other movie that, I mean, I think one of these, one of the cool things about going and doing these, like kind of deep dives of these movies is finding more stuff that we can watch later on the road. (laughs) And he was in a movie that I might have to watch called appointment with fear. Um, this is a it's a story about a man under the influence of an ancient Egyptian curse that uses astral projections to kill those who protect his baby son from him. Sounds fantastic, but yeah, none of the uh, it doesn't seem like much of the other cast. Uh, not, not much of the cast did much. Uh, the guy that did Purvis, the guy that kind of was like the real bad guy, he mm-hmm. was a couple guest spots on some TV shows, but didn't do much else. There was one kind of mystery character that uh, I saw his name in the credits, and I looked him up. He was credited in the movie as Halsey. And he is a black gentleman. And I watched, I, I sped through this movie. I did like a speed watch of it and I, I, I couldn't find him anywhere. So he might've just been a, a, he might've been one of the Raiders and you just couldn't see his face or something. Cause I could not see this guy in the movie, but he did a lot of extra work. He did a lot of voiceover work, like did some work on Jimmy Neutron and that Jumanji cartoon. Uh, he's done a ton of audiobook reading. And one of my favorites is he was the Temerian first officer from the Darmok episode of Star Trek, The Next Generation. And um, yeah, oh, and we we can't forget our dear director here, the movie that uh, the director Peter Maris. Remember that uh, horrible trailer I sent you just a couple of days ago to watch the Zombie Hunters movie.
0: And uh, he is that one of his follow-ups.
1: He directed that movie in 2007. Painful.
0: At first, I thought it was one <laughs> of those like self-aware films where they like trying to be bad, which always takes the fun out of it. And then now 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 it becomes obvious that no, it wasn't
1: yeah it was or
0: oh, maybe it's exists in that weird space where it's both like like uh, like hop goblins where you're like it's trying to be a comedy but it's also bad at it
1: right it's not funny and it's not enough to make fun of it's just not enjoyable but our director did a uh oddly enough his most well-known work was a video game do you ever heard of the game Phantasmagoria? It was uh it's one of those like kind of live action uh point-and-click games you know that oh. was like video footage
0: yeah as it's called fmv full motion video yes
1: uh so is it was one of like the biggest when they first kind of started doing these uh in 1995 the game cost four and a half million dollars to make uh wow. so that's yeah that's that's it's pretty crazy and um it went on to selling like 12 million dollars just the opening weekend and was the ninth best-selling game uh, of 1995 but it was not without its controversy because it was too violent and gory but it went on to making a crap ton of money well i, I did a little bit of a follow-up to see where he's at these days and he's apparently living in fresno california which makes complete sense because that is a terrible place where he would probably belong and i guess he's doing some kind of work on uh, uh he's with the fresno film commission which god knows what that is involved with. Uh, I tried to find their website, but it was down. So I, I don't know.
0: Because I, I did just pull up his uh, IMTV. Oh, he had a uh, few
1: other movies in there. A lot of those f- movies were ones that he also produced. So he's kind of a one man show.
0: Yeah. Um, well, my, my question here, there's a movie in 1996 that it, it's clearly... The pl- looking at the plot, it looks like it's a take on Independence Day. But because it came out in 1996, they're, they're really trying to get you to watch it because they want you to associate it with other movies. Uh, it's called um, Alien Species mm-hmm. because spe- Species comes out in 96, doesn't it?
1: Oh, I think you might be right. Oh, Species <laughs> was 95. Okay, Species was 95. And then he did this as an Alien Species when they're kind of rip off, but Yeah. Yeah, he, he enjoys... I mean, he's not quite I mean, on the level of um, the Asylum movies as far as just blatant rip-offs and things. He just lacks the certain pinage to get that done right. Well, yeah, because he's
0: got to indulge in some in some very strange directorial choices for, like, most of the film. The dude right. is... I don't know. I, I don't know. The The film was not directed well outside of that, though. It really was not. Like, the, the film
1: functions. All right, so... That's about all I got for all the behind the scenes stuff. So you're saying the direction's not right. So so let me ask you a question here, Patrick. Mhm. In a way, I brought you here off your job. You think you can do it better. So here's your chance. Here's your chance. You are allowed to make 3 changes and only 3 changes to improve this movie. What do you do?
0: Improves the optimal word because it, it, this film cannot be a good movie, but it could be serviceable. Um, my f- first thing right off the bat, um, this was kind of obvious. He, I've been beating the drum all night. Um, less sexual assault uh, in this film. As a matter of fact, none. It doesn't need it because <laughs> most people, when they throw this in movies, they're trying. Does, uh, they don't really need to. And this sequ- In this instance, they're like, these are bad people. Let me show you how bad they are. We can do that just by killing and burning a village. We don't need this at all. It's off-putting. <laughs> gone. Uh, uh, two is a more defined central story because there is not one. There's there there are ideas of a central story. There are characters. There are ideas. There is no story here, which is fine if the movie is like you know some impressional stuff. Like we're going to like explore something, like like. But it's 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 not it's not an indie film that is just out there just. It's no Jim Jarmu shit going on. It's it, it's it's an adventure story, so there needs to be an adventure. There's no story here. It needs one.
1: Yeah, and I'd also like to piggyback that as saying, uh, don't don't plan and build your script around the sequel of a movie unless you are guaranteed and funded that sequel of a movie.
0: There's a couple films that actually do do that, and this, this is a talking point that we'll probably come back to if we continue... Down this road, <laughs> this will not be the first film that you hit where you're like, why is it like this? I was like, oh, there was supposed to be more. Uh, the third thing I would do I, just better design, better set design, better costume design, better motorcycle design. Just go for it a little bit. Maybe maybe shoot somewhere that isn't just rocks. They're in Turkey. I can tell you, Turkey is not just rocks because if they shot you're there, your hunter from the future has more scenery than this. So give me some diversity. <laughs> give me better design overall.
1: Well, they did show you the water in the very beginning and that was just filled with like bloody bodies and like um, those little wacky wall climbing spider looking thingies.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. See, there could have been a better movie when it started that way. You know, Ah, it, it it loses you real quick and then it, it, and then it doesn't get you back because the plot doesn't go anywhere at all. And you're just left with these two characters that have okay chemistry but it would have worked better if there was like something for them to do that wasn't just meander from scene to scene like some sort of odyssey or some sort story that <laughs> right. just like like a story that from from the before time from the long long ago <laughs> it's it it, it it it's it's as unfocused as like Gawain and the green knight but at least when they got around to making that movie they said we could do something cool with it
1: so yeah uh well those are the three things that you'd change on it yeah all right, so I guess that about wraps it up for this uh, this episode of Found on Shelf. And check us out on all your social media needs. We are Found on Shelf Pod, all one word, on Twitter, Instagram, and at Gmail. If you want to email us, send us a message, give us a suggestion on any other movies that you'd like to see or you'd like us to uh, check out, and we will uh, take a take a look at some of those. So yeah, so uh, until next time, I would like to say thank you. You creeps! Oh. <laughs> and Patrick, go ahead.
0: <laughs> uh be kind rewind.
1: <laughs> oh shit, here we go again. I haven't checked that one out I might have to do that uh,
0: there, there's another one too oh uh, yeah barbarian queen to the empress strikes that's what I was thinking was barbarian empress It's barbarian Teen to the empress strikes back All right. the empress strikes back I'll tell you what movie that was ripping off okay Jesus Christ yeah <laughs> um anyway